Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. Katie Crocus here, along with Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag, the lovely co-hosts with me. How are you ladies today? Hi, doing well. Doing well, Katie. How are you? Good, thanks. It is today as we record this, it is early November. We have flipped the calendar. It definitely feels like November where I am. Are you guys in like fall like the full thick of it fall holiday ish mode yeah so it's the I weather has say, changed here yeah the weather changed literally overnight it did rain a little bit on halloween but yesterday it poured and then it's raining this morning so eight o'clock here in california as we record this but it's dreary it's overcast it's not like too cold it's almost like muggy in a way Mm. but it just it feels different it doesn't have that crisp fall vibe which is what I love and then Mm. I drove by Trader Joe's or I went to Trader Joe's yesterday and they've pretty much already wiped out the Halloween display with the pumpkins and all that I was like no (laughs) bring it back it's too soon yeah if October was extended to 60 days I'd be okay with that like Yes. I don't need February, you know, like, let's just <laughs> let's extend October and get rid yes. of February. Yes. Awesome. That weird leap year month anyways. Right. Who it. needs it? Who Guys, needs I it? apologize. I don't know if you can hear that sound. I hang, I think maybe it's, a, I think it's a street sweeper. We don't usually have street sweepers. There's this been this hum that started like right after we started talking, it's getting closer and closer. And I literally think there's a street sweeper outside. It sounds like your microphone, but it's not. Wow. It's not that I'm watching this truck get closer. And that's what I think it's doing. I, I can, I can barely hear it. So it's weird. I live in like a suburban neighborhood. I didn't know we had, I didn't know we paid for street sweepers here, <laughs> but here he comes as slow as possible in the middle of my <laughs> podcast, getting closer every second. <laughs> it's well, funny. The things we see outside our window a year ago at this time, I just saw on time hop. What popped up was we had a random massive goat in our front yard like a goat a goat like full horns the thing was probably six feet tall with his horns and uh it was like it was just out my office window I just looked out the window and saw this enormous goat and I I mean I live in I live in town limits of Madison so to see that show up at my at my doorstep was was bizarre to say the least um but but not far from you is that something like if you go out more it's like wildernessy parts of wisconsin like there's big goats with horns no goats don't roam no i mean goats might roam on a farm but like we you know not where we were there was a a house a couple miles down the street who had livestock um and like we're a big farm to table community in madison and so they work with the restaurants and some of their and there and for however that happened, their goat got out and okay, uh, got it. So it that's I think goat. we kind of determined that was it. But yeah, sometimes you just can't predict what you see out your window. I don't know. Whatever oh, happened with the zebras in Maryland? They kind of like faded out of the news. Do you guys remember? Right. That? Like that was all over the news a couple months ago. Zebras loose in Maryland, and I never heard that they were caught. But I'm not hearing about them anymore. <laughs> This, this is news to me. I didn't hear about. You them. didn't hear about that? There were no. zebras in like suburban neighborhoods in Maryland, like six zebras. 
Oh my and God, like, gosh. it was all over the news. People, it was like August, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I had to, I had oh, to look so into funny. that. I was so fascinated by the zebras and zebras <laughs> in Maryland. Well, we don't have wild zebras or wild goats here. I don't know. Yeah. We don't have much deer. We have a ton of deer here. Guys, I'm going yeah. backpacking for the first time this weekend. So maybe I'll see some wildlife. Mm. Where are you going? Um, we're going, uh, we're going to go up by Hershey, Pennsylvania. So it's like an hour and a half drive. Oh. Um, my friend who's a backpacker wanted us to all go. She's one of the ladies who went to Grand Canyon with us. She wanted us to go like on a two or three night backpacking trip. And my other friend and I were like, literally never backpacked in our lives. Like we're going one night. <laughs> we're mm. starting small. So I find camping, but I always have my car full of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this time we're going to like park our car and then like hike with our backpacks nine miles into the woods and camp and then hike another 12 miles the next day. Wow. So adventurous lately. I know. I'm very excited about you, it though. I'll see if I like ju- it. You can't quit it. That's amazing. I have a question for you, Kim. What's that? So I have to go to Florida next week and I'm going to get my hair done the night before, just so that it's washed and dried and curled and it will hold for a couple of days. And the other night I started to like literally have a panic attack when I was trying to fall, not a literal panic attack, but I was getting a little anxious because I was like, oh no, Florida humidity. Is it bad this time of year? It's bad all the time in Florida. Oh yeah. man. <laughs> It really is. Um, it's good that you're going to, you're getting it professionally done. That will help. Um, yeah, it's really humid. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that's the bun life for Marcy. Well, we'll see. Maybe you'll get a day. Maybe you'll get a day. Hopefully I get one day. Oh, man. <laughs> that's surprising to hear. It is so dry. Like suddenly everything in my, on my body is cracking, like my lips, my hands, all of it. So yeah, it yeah. was a no more humidity here. We're, we're done with it in Wisconsin. Thank goodness. Good riddance. I've lived in Florida before. And when I was there in the middle of winter, like it was humid. Mm, crazy. Well, ladies, should we dive into today's topic? Let's do it. So we wanted to talk about something that gets so much airtime on Instagram, and that is the scale. Only more specifically, we wanted to dive into making peace with the scale. And there is so much brilliant knowledge out there. Um, most of the people listening to this podcast probably are also following accounts like, you know, Jordan Syed, you know, butter your macros, um, Jordan lips, biceps after babies, these people who share all of this really intelligent information. And I would argue that most people in this space can rattle off five things that affect the scale yet. Mars, we were just talking to you recently and you had said, I am still so surprised by how many people I have to coach through that number on the scale, because it is still something that we are so, so tethered to. Absolutely. And a lot of times it is newer clients. So in their first, I mean, definitely the first couple of weeks, that's all they're talking to me about. And it's not to say that I don't want to celebrate scale progress with them because it is that visual tangible Mm -hmm. marker of progress. So I understand people like to see it. And here's the thing, if we are doing things in a sustainable manner, like we are, I mean, us coaches. So if I'm coaching somebody and they're strength training, they're walking, they're not doing anything crazy restrictive. I don't worry about the number on the scale coming down because I realize that, all right, that's what happens when you're in a fat loss phase. That's what should, I I use the word like should in air quotes. 
because sometimes we know that if people are doing things correctly, they're not crash dieting, they're not, you know, doing tons of cardio and slashing their calories to 1,000, 1,200, like you will see a lot of scale drop if that Mm -hmm. is the case. Um, And that is not something that I would want to celebrate, but if it is this slow, sustainable progress, because we are doing things in a healthy way, then I'm okay with acknowledging that because I understand at first that is what people want. And that's what they have been conditioned to believe is the marker of the main marker of progress for so many years. So I understand that they're not going to break that mindset overnight. Yeah. And I think as you touched on, it's very nuanced, the uses and the application for it. And we're going to dive into that, but let's just start with this question. Kim, I'll throw this to you. Do you personally, not for your clients, use the scale for your own tracking? Uh, It depends. If I'm in (laughs) a fat loss phase, 100% for sure. If Mm -hmm. I'm not in a fat loss phase, oh my gosh, there's that truck. It's literally parked in front of my house now. Um, if I'm not in a fat loss phase, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. Uh, I do find, and I think it's the true for most people, there will be less drift in your weight, either up or down, if you are keeping check of where uh, the scale is. So in a fat loss phase, I weigh daily. Not in a fat loss phase, I find if I at least weigh several times a week, that, I, that my weight will maintain better. That I'm very that I'm very aware of what's going on with the scale. Okay, Mars. Same question to you. Do you use the scale for your own tracking? So I still work with a coach myself, and if I am in a fat loss phase, then yes, absolutely. And then when I ended my fat loss phase, which my last one was almost two years ago when it ended, January of 2020 which seems crazy that went by so fast, but maintenance is a beautiful thing. (laughs) Or in my case right now, surplus, it seems like, (laughs) uh, for whatever reason, the the scale is going up and I really have not changed anything. So don't know what's going on there. Uh, But yeah, so when I was coming out of my fat loss phase, going into my reverse and trying to find my maintenance, then yes, I did continue to weigh for a long period of time. And then- over the past, I don't know, couple months, I just got, I don't want to say even out of the habit, I'll be honest, I just started not caring anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was feeling really good about where I was, like definitely noticing, okay, I have put on weight. And at the end of that fat loss phase, I needed to put on that weight desperately. Mm-hmm. So right now I am, you know, I will say like a little bit uncomfortable because it is so much different that not so much, but I am definitely less lean and than I was even six months ago or yeah. And I don't really know why, but I wasn't trying to overanalyze it. And I'm like, I'm just going to ride this out and I feel good. I'm not obsessing over it. So I just started to live my life and not focus on the scale. And not really focus on any goal at the moment, like going into the gym, lifting really hard, trying to build as much muscle as possible, knowing that if that is the case, then yeah, the skill might go up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yeah, with the fit of my clothes and all that, I can definitely tell that the weight has gone up. And the last time I got on the scale, which was maybe six weeks ago, I was up a couple pounds, mm-hmm. but I could tell this wasn't like, oh, this is just a daily fluctuation. Like you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So to answer my own question and to sort of follow up on what you're saying, I agree that in a phase where you have specific goals, I think that, or that, that relate to more than just maintenance or building, but like more physique goals and weight and weight loss and fat loss. I think the scale has a little bit more impact when it comes to looking at all of your metrics. I think it has more application than it does for someone where, where I am right now, which is to say maintenance and stepping away from really any, um, physical goal of any kind. That's just not where my, my goals are. And so for me, the scale does, does me no good. And I stopped weighing myself several months ago because I was thinking about it and I thought up down or the same, I have emotions tied to any of those numbers, even in coming from a more healed place than I've ever been. If the scale is up, it means one thing to me. If the scale is down, it means something else to me. And so for that reason, I don't need the scale in my life right now. And I think it's really important that we kind of identify what are these stories that we tie to the numbers and to the ranges and how can we take the power back and really actually embody all this great information that we're all putting out there because it's so much easier to read it and be like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for her, but not for me, right? Like, you know, for whatever reason, we always think that we are the exception and we just are not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive in a little bit deeper here. What I want to do, ladies, I'm going to do an overrated, underrated conversation here and, and pull some threads that we sort of already discussed. And I'm going to have you share your thoughts on each topic as it relates to scale weight. And hopefully we'll be able to address some questions, um, demystify some numbers and, and some feelings and really just kind of make people understand where we're coming from when it comes to assessing the scale. And, and at the end of the day, like none of us here are, I don't think any of us claim to be completely perfect and unaffected by the scale ever, but like sort of here's how we go about analyzing it. So Kim, I'll awesome. start with you overrated or underrated weighing at the same time each day. I would say underrated for sure. Um, if a person is weighing at different times, look, it's hard to, to standardize what the scale is going to say anyway, because so many things can affect it. You know, we think about the, the amount of water that our body is made up of, and many things can affect that amount of water weight, right? Um, and then we're talking about stomach content. And so if you're weighing after you eat breakfast, you were literally weighing the food you ate and the water you drank. And so in my, the way I approach it with my clients and with myself is that if we're going to be using the scale, we're going to try as much as possible to weigh first thing in the morning, after you go to the bathroom, before you eat or drink anything, no clothes on, because we don't want to weigh like your sweater one day without the sweater. It's one of those things that just helps us to standardize it as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Mars, what do you think? Overrated, underrated, weighing at the same time each day? Absolutely underrated. So everything that Kim said, and then also, please, if you are listening and you do this, do not weigh yourself at night. It, yes. Twice a day weigh and it's ridiculous. Twice, I, yeah. I, I had a conversation with a client recently who told me that. And I said, no, 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 because she was really getting in her head that the weight was up in the evening. I said, logically, you do realize that makes sense. You have mm-hmm. ate, you have drank, all day long, of course you are going to be heavier, Mm -hmm. but I think someone else, this wasn't a client. I don't remember who it was, but someone was weighing themselves in the evening to see if they could predict what they were going to weigh in the morning. 
which oh I, I, I was like, that's tipping towards unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I was like, no, 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 we cannot do that. Um, so yes, only weigh once per day. Do not weigh yourself in the afternoon, in the evening, multiple mm-hmm. times. You are going to drive yourself crazy. You are going to stress yourself out. And then, oh, by the way, if you are living in stress like that, then the number is going to be higher the next morning. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, Marcy, I'm going to toss this one to you first this time. So DEXA, in-body, fancy digital scans and scales, overrated or underrated? Oh, overrated. Well, it depends. I think that the only one that is very accurate is the DEXA scan. And then the hydrostatic weighing, I feel like is the most, like the second most reliable, but I do not believe in those in bodies or the ones that you have at your house where you step on the scale and it tells you what your body fat is. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. Completely overrated. Save your money. Kim. I totally agree. Um, overrated. If you're going to get one of those scales, everybody seems to like data these days, right? So if you're going to get one, just understand it's not really telling you your body fat percentage. It's not, you can use it the same way you're looking at a scale as in showing trends over time, like really big trends. We're talking month to month, even many months to many months looking for that. If you're losing body fat and gaining muscle, we're going to look for a change in your body fat percentage there don't ever think like that's my number and then try and compare it in other ways. And then as far as things like DEXA, yeah, like they're, they're highly accurate. I've never gotten one. Uh, Maybe I would someday out of curiosity, I'd actually be really interested in see like my, I wish I had done something like that years ago and seen what my bone density was like before Mm. I really started training and before I started powerlifting in particular to see what it is now, that would be super interesting. Um, but otherwise I just, if you were going to do any of those things, I'd say DEXA is the most reliable, but I just don't really see a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. And I think you both nailed it when you said the trends, it's all about the trends. So however you weigh yourself, it's about like panning out, I think, and, and getting the 30,000 foot view, not like yeah. moment to moment. Okay. Using the scale as a motivator, overrated or underrated Marcy. I would say overrated because if you are putting all of your focus and attention and really like self-worth as to you as a human or what you have been doing to work towards this goal of yours and the scale is fluctuating or it's not going down as quickly as you want, then I feel like you are missing out on all of the wins that you were having, all of the changes that you were making in other areas of your life, the habits that you're building, the mindset shifts that are happening, the body composition changes that are occurring. And as I was saying earlier, the one thing that kind of makes me a little hesitant sometimes about even using the scale at this point Mm -hmm. is because if someone is fairly new to weight training or they are finally starting to get on a progressive overload program where they are maybe building a little bit of muscle, even if they're in a calorie deficit. So that is, you can do that if you are one very new to training or you're coming off of an injury, you've been out of the gym for a really long time. So I have clients, I'm sure you guys do as well, where they will literally go through a body recomposition um, phase, I guess, because they are losing some body fat and they are simultaneously building muscle. So they are, the scale is not dropping, or maybe it's going down a little bit or it's fluctuating and they get really frustrated. And that's the only thing they're hanging their hat on. I'm like, hello, did you not see the other section in the, the check-in form of 
how are your clothes fitting? Do you look leaner? Are other people noticing? And it's like, yes, yes, yes. And yet the only thing that they are focusing on is that number not going down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Here's the thing. I don't think it's wrong to be motivated by the scale, especially if you have a lot of weight to lose. Like I sometimes work with people who have two, 300 pounds to lose. Mm-hmm. If we're not seeing that scale go down over time, there's something wrong, right? There's mm-hmm. a problem. Um, we're not heading in the right direction. But to be able to use it in that way, you really need to understand how it works. I was talking with a woman the other day. Um, she had made a comment uh, in, in a group that, that I run and she had said, just in passing, it was not even the point of her comment. She's like, I just don't get it. She's like, I can eat absolutely perfect. And then the next day the scale's up. And then sometimes I'll like eat not perfect and the scale's down. She's like, should I just eat like not perfect all the time? And I was like, okay, whoa. I know that was not, it was, that was not her question. That was like deep in the the question. I'm like, (laughs) we need to zoom out and look at how to use a scale. Guys, what you eat on any one day, can it impact what the scale says the next day? Yes. Especially if you're going to have something with like, you eat Chinese food one day, the scale could be up like four or five pounds the next day. So it Mm -hmm. can have it, but that's not really what our scale weight is telling us. The scale is reflecting all the choices you've made for several weeks. Like Mm -hmm. you can't say like, I did this today. So I expect the scale to do that tomorrow. So if we're talking about being motivated by the scale in the short term, it's a terrible way to motivate yourself. In the long term, if your goal is to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds, having that as a piece of the puzzle, because we want to see results, whatever those are going to be. And I like using that as a part of the results. Mm -hmm. Kim, I like that. And I'm going to throw this next one right back to you because you almost touched on it, but I think it's a really important one to talk about. Overrated or underrated alcohol's effect on the scale? Underrated. I'm going to go with underrated. There's so many people who they feel like they've gotten a handle on their fat loss because they've gotten their food under control. But if you're not controlling the amount you're drinking, first of all, if you're not controlling the amount you're drinking, you're probably eating more food than you think, because that's often where a lot of the calories around alcohol comes in. Those lowered inhibitions often lead to mindless eating that you're then not counting. Um, so yeah, but liquid calories are a big one for people. They just don't, they don't pay attention to it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say, uh, underrated for that one. Mars, what do you think about alcohol's effect on the scale, overrated or underrated? Underrated as well. So alcohol is one, it dehydrates you. So it sounds counterintuitive, but if you are dehydrated, then you are actually going to be storing more water. So that can be reflective on the scale. And then also it does create some inflammation. So that will cause water retention. If you are not sleeping well because you drank, that can cause water retention. So it does have like many downstream effects. I will say mm-hmm. when I was in college and I was drinking, you know, at least two, maybe three nights a week, I would wake up in the morning and I would look so lean and mm-hmm. I like loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, because I was dehydrated and this is even a trick that some bodybuilders will use before they get ready for a show. Like they will drink vodka or something like that because it dries them out a little bit. So yeah, but so it can make you look a little bit leaner, like very temporarily for maybe a couple of hours in the morning, but the scale will likely be up. And, (laughs) and also it does have, sometimes it has like a lag effect. So Mm -hmm. it might not be up the very next day, but you're going to see that number go up a couple of days later. Yes. And, and I don't, I don't drink. I have not drank regularly 
for, uh, I mean, since my mid twenties. So I don't have any data to really like correlate that to, Mm -hmm. but you know, from my experience working with people and just reading the literature, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is what I I understand. I would say if you're someone who drinks alcohol on a somewhat regular basis and you are not tracking your weight daily, it's a really interesting experiment in exactly what Marcy, you and Kim talked about, because in what I've seen from clients is that the day after they, they drink oftentimes to your point, their weight is down because maybe they ate more, maybe they didn't, but the dehydrating effects will cause an initial drop in weight. And then within 24 to 48 hours, it goes right back up again from the inflammation. And then like you had said, the downstream effects of dehydration are actually water retention. Mm -hmm. And so if you can familiarize yourself with these patterns, you can really understand what's happening in your body. So yeah, I I drank on Friday. Why is the scale up on Tuesday? Well, that's Mm. what alcohol does. And it's not, Kim, to your point, it's not about what happened yesterday. It's about what happened in the compilation of many, many, many days prior. And, And alcohol is one of those sneaky ones that absolutely has lasting effects. Well, and really quick, going back, oh, sorry, go ahead, Kim. It's such an important point there. You said about like paying attention to, I can't remember the way you just phrased it, but understanding the impact that alcohol would have on the scale. And I think it's the same with all these things. Like how does it affect the the scale if I do takeout food? How does it affect the scale um, after I work out? And like looking at the trends so that you can start understanding what you're seeing so that you're not panicking when you see spikes in the scale right? That Mm -hmm. you expect them. How good would it be to be like, oh, like I know when I drink that the scale is typically down and then there typically has a spike. Then as you know that it's not going to bother you because you're going to literally be expecting it. That's called taking the power back. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, But also I want to touch on something that I don't want people to get too far into the weeds with this stuff because you can have a picture perfect day or a couple of days, you did everything right. And you are feeling so good. You go to bed at night. You're like, oh, I can't wait to get on the scale tomorrow morning. <laughs> I know it's going to be down. And then, oh, what do you know? Like it's up two pounds. Yeah. So yes, it's important to educate yourself so that you can make the connections, but also realize that this is completely out of your control. The only thing you can control is your daily habits, the work that you put in and your mindset around the process, around the number, you cannot actually control what it says. So yeah, just really have that awareness and, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. Like I remember in my fat loss phase and I was really getting lean and like I was dialed, I was doing everything right. I gained seven pounds in one week. The scale went up five pounds overnight and I had like an initial freak out moment. And even as a coach, I still, Katie, like what you were saying earlier, there is still some attachment. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, it wasn't so much like, oh my gosh, I put on five pounds of body fat overnight. I knew realistically that that was not the case for me. What freaked me out a little bit was, you know, I do have these health conditions. I have, uh, I'm hypothyroid. I have some autoimmunity going on. And when you are in a very steep deficit, like I was and had been for quite a while, I was worried that this weight gain meant something was going on internally. It's like, oh, is my thyroid screwed up? Am I like, do I have Hashimoto's now? All of that. That's kind of where my mind was going. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I know that this is very common. So I'm just going to write it out. I'm not going to stress out about it. I'm not going to text my coach and be like, Vince, why is, why is my weight at five pounds? Like 
Let's give it a few days. And the next day it was up again. The next day it was up again. And then I think at that point I did, like I had a check-in with him and I told him what was going on and we decided to do a short diet break. And after that, everything started to um, work itself out and the numbers started dropping again. But that's the point where a lot of people give up. They see that and they're like, well, this isn't working. Screw it. I'm putting in so much effort for no reward just to see the number go the opposite way. Well, I'm done, or I'm just going to go eat whatever I want. It's like, no, you have to trust the process. You have to stay the course. Mm -hmm. So in your case, going into a a, a diet, oh, a diet break is what, is what helped you. It sounds like in that particular scenario. Okay. I think that's an important measure to talk about right now that sometimes when you do see the scale, when people see the scale go up, they, they tie, they, they instantly think the next right thing to do is to cut calories. Mm-hmm. And let's take a minute to talk about what, if we, if you do see the scale going up consistently, let's talk, let's say like five or six days in a row, it's inching up every single day. What is the next right thing? How, like, why wouldn't you just cut calories? So first of all, the next right thing is to, to wait longer because you can't have five or six days is not enough time to make a decision about what is actually happening with your body fat scale weight. For sure. We're seeing a trend that's going up you stay the course with whatever your plan is. If you have a solid plan, I'm just going to assume you have a solid plan for this conversation, Mm -hmm. stay the course with that plan and don't make any changes for a couple of weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then you can start saying like, okay, what am I actually seeing? Is the scale still, if the scale is still trending up, if we're talking about trends over weeks and you've been consistent because like Marcy was saying, what often can happen is this, this psychological reaction of, it's not doing what I want, screw it. And then you start doing things off your plan. And then what's really happening now you're actually gaining body fat because now you're not actually following the plan anymore. So mm-hmm. waiting, that's what I would say. Waiting after, if we're talking to scales trending up after a few days, don't change anything. Like, let's see what happens. Like two weeks of consistency, right? Is that minimum. about what, Yeah. Minimum? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mars, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with Kim and- she nailed it. How consistent are you being? So people will freak out. And then I ask, are you being honest with your tracking? Are the bites, looks, and tastes sneaking in? Are things going unaccounted for? And nine times out of 10, they're like, oh yeah, maybe you're right. So we clean that up a little bit. Number starts going back in the right direction. However, if they are being consistent, everything is on on point, then if the scale is trending upward, I would really look at biofeedback. So other markers um, that could show that something is going on, that stress is too high and that the number we are seeing, the increase in the number, excuse me, is more water retention due to cortisol, inflammation, something like that. So biofeedback is going to be, how is your digestion? Are you going to the bathroom regularly? That is something that will slow down, especially when you're like, going like deeper into a fat loss phase. Um, it's your body's way of protecting itself. It slows down all functions. So Mm -hmm. digestion can be impacted pun intended. Um, (laughs) and then like, sorry, I mean, so, um, like how's your sleep quality? Are you having trouble falling asleep? Are you waking up multiple times in the night? Are you irritable moody? Do you have brain fog? How is your recovery? How are your workouts? Like all of that stuff. And if those markers are skewed, then I would say, all right, stress is a little high. Let's take a diet break, increase specifically carbs, because those are going to help mitigate inflammation and then go from there. 
So I would ask then, I guess the next um, overrated, underrated that I'm going to throw out there is weighing sporadically, like instead of doing it every day and being, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, a slave to the scale on a daily basis, weighing in when you feel like it and tracking that way. Overrated oh, or underrated? Overrated. Overrated or under? I think it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, guys. Seriously. So it's overrated, basically. Yeah, way. I guess way, way, way. Here's the thing: you don't have to be a person who weighs, but I would say, like, make a decision for a certain period of time to either be a person who is going to not use the scale and like literally put it away. Like, don't leave it in your bathroom. Like, put it away somewhere. Put it in your closet. Put it in your basement for a period of time, doesn't it be forever, but decide like I'm not weighing for three months or whatever it's going to be, or be a person who's going to weigh minimum three times a week, like minimum three times a week. Sporadic weigh-ins are terrible because you just don't know what you're going to get. Our bodies change so much. And so you could weigh one day and maybe it's, maybe you just happen to be at a really, really low weight that day for who knows what reason. And then you decide you're going to weigh in what three weeks later and now you're on a, a day where it's a little bit higher, which by the way, doesn't mean you've gained fat, but now you think you've gained five pounds, right? And right. maybe nothing has happened. So I just, I think it's a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Mars? Agreed. Yeah. So yeah, agreed. I mean, I'm, I have nothing to expand on. She nailed okay. it. <laughs> Absolutely. No. So, I mean, I, I guess let me, let's expand on this, this ditching the scale altogether, overrated or underrated. I'm like on the fence. <laughs> it's kind of, I think it's so personal. Mm-hmm. I think um, for some people, it's a high, it's way underrated. I have certain clients, guys, that I will, well, I don't have any clients anymore. When I used to do one-on-one um, with my clients, I would wait a certain period of time. I really like people to understand how this scale works. And you can't do that if you're, if you're afraid of the scale, if you're using it wrong. I really like to help people practice how to weigh themselves daily, moderate their reaction, not have it impact what they do, their decisions, look at it like they're a scientist, write that data down. I really like to help people practice that so that for the first time in their life, it doesn't have power over them. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people just aren't ready for that. And if I have a person who is week after week freaking out about the scale, I will say to them, if you continue to not be able to moderate your reaction to the scale, we're just not going to weigh anymore. And I've had like four or five people that I've just like, we're not Mm -hmm. doing this anymore because Mm -hmm. they're not ready for it. And so for those people, I'd say it's underrated and it's not saying for the rest of their lives, they won't be able to do it. But if that is you, if you're listening and you're like, yeah, I keep trying to use the scale. It freaks me out. I change what I do based on what it says. It ruins my day. Maybe putting it either getting with a coach who can help you work on that or just putting it away for a time. Yeah. Anything to expand on Mars? Uh, no, I agree with that. And I mean, I'll just go back to myself and what you were saying earlier, Katie, about us Wayne or the kind of like the, the thought process around that and the ties that we have to, you know, our worth or whatever the case may be. And I am okay. Wayne myself in a fat loss phase, because I know to expect those fluctuations. And I feel like it's different because you still know that you're working towards this like downward trend or this like loss of body fat. So I can kind of disassociate from the fluctuations and what the number is doing, but if I'm going the other way and okay, I'm reversing, I'm in maintenance and, oh, I thought that I was in maintenance, but now I'm noticing that things are feeling really tight. I can just 
feel different in my body, then I was like, no, I need to step away from that because Mm -hmm. I, to be honest, like I didn't really want to see the number and Mm -hmm. I've written content about how the last five pounds, like getting that off really isn't worth it. And Mm -hmm. I am at that place right now where if I lost five pounds, I would probably feel better, like in my body, in my clothes, but I also know what it's going to take to get there. And I don't really feel like it's worth it, but it's Mm -hmm. almost like if I was seeing that number, it would make me want to go back into a deficit for a while. Yes. Does that, make, does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And that is personally why I am not weighing myself right now, because the goals I have in my life have nothing to do with a number on the scale. And I think that's a question you really need to ask yourself. I mean, maybe you do have fat loss as a goal, but can it be measured in ways outside the scale? If you are someone who, who is affected by that number or who, who still is tied to, um, a story that you're telling yourself about that number, because if that's you, whether you're in fat loss, maintenance, whatever, there are ways to still hit your goals without the scale. So I think Kim, you made a beautiful point about, yes, wouldn't, isn't it ideal to be in a place where you have the power and you have all the tools and and you get to, you know, wield them all and, and, and have proper application. Yes. But if that's not going to work for you, it doesn't mean you still can't achieve your goals without the scale. You can. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, okay. So I think the last thing I do really want to touch on, then I'll sort of let you ladies throw some things out there that I probably missed, was the effects of stress and sleep on the scale. Can we talk a little bit about that? how that affects the scale weight as well? Because I think those are the two things that are foundational pillars in our health that a lot of people sort of just push off to the side in favor of things like calorie deficit working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, stress, stress and lack of sleep are both going to increase cortisol, which I said a couple of times already. And when cortisol is elevated, you are going to be retaining more water. So taking this back to myself again, sorry guys, but just trying no, to use like good. tangible, tangible examples here. So I have been under a significant amount of stress lately, like all good, like you stress. So good stress, you know, like positive changes are happening, but I, it's still stress. And I always say stress is stress is stress. And eventually it is going to show up in some manner. And also this is something that th- people don't realize is stress has a little bit of a lag effect. So mm-hmm. I remember when I was doing in-person training and like dealing with my health, a little bit like health issues, a little bit more. Um, I had a client who was a doctor and I would talk to her about this stuff sometimes. And I had gone through a really significant period of stress a couple months prior. And then a few months after that, when I was feeling good, my hair was falling out like in clumps. And I was like, months. I don't understand. Like I'm in such mm-hmm. a good place. I'm not stressed. I feel good. And she's like, yeah, but you remember a couple of months ago? when you were stressed out of your mind, well, now it's coming, now it's catching up with you. Uh, and that I was like, okay, that does make sense. So anyway, that's the, something else you have to consider with stress and the scale is like, yes, it can have this cumulative effect. Mm -hmm. And, and like, for me, my body was in a good place. And like, all of a sudden it was just like, bam, like water retention, bloating, like it just changed. And I was I'm like, it's probably because I had been going through all these stressful things, you mm. know, a couple of weeks or a month before. Um, That's such a good reminder for yeah. all of us. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. And then same thing with sleep. Um, yeah. you know, that's going to raise cortisol as well. And then 
again, has all the downstream effects is like, what's going to happen the next day when you are sleep deprived, when you're stressed out and I'll throw it to Kim, because I'm sure that she was going to mention something about that. Yeah. I would say, um, what's important here to remember with both stress and sleep, just like Marcy said in we can look at it in two ways. What's going to be the impact short-term and what's going to be the impact long-term when we're talking about just the scale. So if you're talking about the scale short-term for sure, the scale can spike if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're stressed because your cortisol, I must call it something else, cortisol um, is spiking. Remember that's a short-term thing. If you're not, if the scale's not moving for months on end, that's not why it's not just Mm -hmm. that. Here's the question asked then, okay, is my stress and my lack of sleep impacting my ability to maintain consistency with my nutrition and my training? That's the, that's where I would say to look then, which still comes back to what do we have to do? We have to manage your stress and your sleep. We've got to help you improve your stress level. How do we help you reduce like what needs to change? And we have to help you get some sleep. The women I work with, sometimes that's literally not an option. So many women in perimenopause are struggling with sleep and we, we go down all the avenues we can to help them manage their sleep as best as we can. You know, and sometimes that's things like if you're having hot flashes, maybe it's HRT, MHT. I'm supposed to be calling it MHT now, guys. It's not HRT. Um, That's another topic. And I'm trying to remind myself to say that. So um, for some people it's insomnia. And so we do things like we work on cleaning up our sleep habits but sometimes it's just not going to get better. And then Mm -hmm. we have to take, and not even then at the same time, we have to work on managing. If your goal is a physique related goal, if your goal is a fat loss goal, what do we do to help mitigate the effects of that lack of sleep or that stress that you can't change? Maybe you can't change it. Maybe Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a parent who has Alzheimer's and that is not going to change for the foreseeable future. Okay. What do we do about that? And then we work Mm -hmm. on managing your, your life around it. Mm -hmm. And I think the same goes for uh, women who are in another phase of life where maybe they have small babies and they're waking up in the middle of the night to nurse. And that's not something that you can affect. Yeah, And so for you to punish yourself and say, oh my gosh, the scale weight is up and not take into account the fact that you are chronically under recovered because of where you are in your life right now, that will backfire as well. Yeah. I had a client actually, uh, I'll name her. Uh, Mindy Lewis is wonderful. If you don't follow her, she's absolutely worth following. The power of ML, I think is her handle. And she, we, we reversed dieted her and she went, you know, north of a thousand calories more than where she had started. And she was so diligent about tracking everything and understanding her trends that she always knew that she slept in on Saturdays. And so on Saturdays, her weight was always lower because she would get up and, and weigh herself. And so that, that was just, so like she'd check in with me on a Friday and maybe the average scale weight would be up, but we would both know that on Saturday her weight would fall because she, the time of day she was weighing herself was like two hours or so later. And that was something that we, like a thread we were able to pull from her trends that we understood about her sleep schedule. And if there was a day where she woke up extra early, her weight would be a little bit higher. And it was just, we just knew it. And so it was something that was, you know, foundational in our knowledge when it came to watching the trends. And so I think that that's just a really important takeaway to consider things like stress and sleep because they absolutely matter. Um, Certainly way more than like those extra pieces of Halloween candy you had the other night. (laughs) Good point. Really good point. Anything else you ladies want to throw out there on this topic? Um, the only thing I would say is I think it'd be nice to talk through here for a minute. If you're a person and you're like, I kind of have a crappy relationship with the scale. I've never really been able to get to the point 
where I use it as a tool. Um, why don't we just like walk through here for a minute, like how to start doing that? Um, yeah. so we've talked about it kind of in bits and pieces here. So I'll kind of tell you the approach I take and then maybe you ladies can add in anything I forget or things that you do differently. So if you are new to using the scale as a tool to measure progress and not beat yourself up, here's what I would suggest. The first thing I would suggest is don't use it in isolation. Use it in combination with progress pictures, the circumference measurement, and the fit of your clothes. Do mm -hmm. not just rely on the scale. Sometimes, and, and what I would say is if I have a client who is seeing progress in any one of those measures, amazing. It doesn't have to be the scale. So use it in combination. The next thing I would say is standardize when you're doing, going to do the weigh-ins like we talked about first thing in the morning, after you go to the bathroom, before you eat or drink anything. And then another really good thing to do is to use some system to keep track of it. Don't just keep it in your head. We're terrible at remembering things like that, guys. I personally like using an app. The, the app Weight Gurus is a really good one. It builds the trend line for you. So you put the number in and then it starts showing your line. Because again, we're not looking for any single digit on any single day. What we're looking for is a big trend over time. And if you're looking to lose fat, lose weight, the trend line should be coming down even as the, the points are all over. So I like an app like that to be able to show you what's happening in big chunks of time. Mm -hmm. What do you ladies have to add? No, I think that was pretty, that was good, but just also looking at the other non-scale markers of progress. So are your clothes fitting better? Are you noticing visual changes? Are other people making comments? Are your measurements going down? Do you have more energy? Are you performing better in the gym? And then like the mental signs of progress as well. So are you less food focused? Are you, do you have less of an all or nothing mentality around food and like, do you get back on track faster? So many other variables that may not be this like, oh yes, that is showing that I am losing fat. But if you are getting there, then I believe if you just stay the course, your success is inevitable. Yes. And I would just add that in the process of being someone who's just starting to use the scale or understand how to take back the power from the scale, understand that until you have two weeks of solid data, you have no information to reflect upon, basically. Yeah. I like to look at trends. So I like to look at week over week averages out to month over month averages. So until you, so until you have week one versus week two averages to look at, Kim, that trend you were talking about, where does the, where does the overall big line fall amidst all the tiny little markers in between day to day? You really don't have anything to look at. So be patient, give yourself time to really establish the, the pattern and the trends before you make an assessment and, and feel like you have to pivot. Because like anything else, the scale is a tool. We keep using this word tool. And of course we all know with a tool, you can either build a house or break a window. So making sure that you are applying it in a way that is actually suited to your goals is just so, so important. I, I like love that. I've never that, heard Katie. that. No, oh, I no. love that. I love that saying. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, thanks everyone for listening. I hope that there were a couple takeaways and we'll all be back again next week. Thanks everyone. All thanks. Right, bye. bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.